Good morning, good morning. Welcome to Influence Church. Whether you're live with us or you're watching uh, around the world, we welcome you to this time and this place where we serve the living God. Amen? These are times that you will remember. You will remember with sadness, with reflection, You'll also remember them with power and authority that God gives you for challenging times. Our daughter had her second baby this week. And while she was uh, doing the, having the delivery, we were watching her little girl, Gracie Bell, who's about two and a half. And I was fixing her breakfast. And I looked down at her, and I thought to myself, I wonder what her future looks like. And then I allowed myself to go deeper still, and I wondered, if I were an African American, how would I look at her? Would I wonder, would she grow up happy and safe? And it was a, it was a deep moment for me. Because I confess that I cannot relate. I want to, but I cannot relate to prejudice on that level. And I think all of us would agree that prejudice about race or any other matter is despicable, and it comes straight out of hell. We, uh, we as Christians get to do life better, and we should lead the way in love, in kindness, and whatever changes need to be made. And we need to affirm all mankind, regardless of color or race or creed. We need to be true to our personal convictions as believers. We need to be true to our creed as a nation in this day and in every day we live. I, with sadness, watched headlines that you watched, many of whom, uh, many of the people who watched these probably had different ways of looking at them, and I realized that. But I want to give you a few highlights that just caught my attention just in recent days. The first one was this, protest worldwide embrace Black Lives Matter movement. And we've seen a, a simultaneous almost reaction to the death of George Floyd, a tragedy we all would agree. The next headline was looters hit L.A. stores, explain what they did, get my portion. I hate to see good movements or good ideas hijacked by bad motives. And I think we all know that's true. The next one was news uh, analysts, racism, unrest, police brutality, is America living in 1968 all over again? Yes and no. Many of you were not alive during that time, or if you were, you were very young. But we remember with also sadness, Vietnam, the assassination of Dr. Martin Luther King, 
the assassination of Senator Robert Kennedy, riots that claimed lives, left people bankrupt emotionally and socially separated. And yet God was up to something in the midst of our struggle as a nation because it would not be long before a great movement would come to America called the Jesus Movement. It is always out of despair that we find hope. It is always when the sun rises that we find where we've been and what's all important. And we are longing for, as a people, we need, as a nation, a revival, not just of justice, but a revival of man's heart to love the Lord their God with all their heart all their mind, all their soul, and all their strength. We pray for a great move of God in our nation. Amen? I know that it's important for us to identify with the pain of others. Hopefully you've had time to do that and reflect. But also it's important to identify the real problem. The real problem is the human heart. I hate to say it, but we are not going to solve poverty in this life. We're not going to solve racism in this life. It doesn't mean we don't try. It doesn't mean we don't give ourselves 100% to it. But remember that the problem is the human heart. There's something inside of us that's not right. God calls that sin. He calls that separation. He calls that an evil that was birthed in us by bad choices. And it's only in Jesus Christ, and even then it's challenging, that we are redeemed, that we are made new, that we have a, a, a better outlook on mankind, and we see people as they really are, created in the image of God. Abraham Lincoln, just one month before he signed the Emancipation Proclamation, wrote these words, the fiery trial as he spoke to Congress, the fiery trial through which we pass will light us. In honor or dishonor, down to the latest generation. You see, he knew what he was doing was going to be costly. He knew that the stand he took was going to be expensive. He probably knew it would take his life, and it did. But he knew that it was important, and he knew that whether dishonored or honored, we will do the right thing in life. Amen? In Malachi chapter 2 and verse 10, a curious verse, it says, Have we not all one Father? Just think about that. Have we not all one Father? Has not one God created us? Why do we deal treacherously with one another? Why do we act like that? I believe we're in the midst of a searching generation, a generation that is searching for family, longs for real family, longs for the stability. I was reminded when our daughter moved away and then came home after college to discover her room was taken over by the parents. What happened to my room, she said. Last I looked, it was my room. You just got to stay there for a few years. But then she said, you know, 
I want, want it to feel like it always has felt. And I realize that's the longing of every heart for stability and predictability, for something in your life that says it's normal, it's going to be okay. Even when you know the world is spinning out of control around you, you want someone to say it's going to be okay. We're going to get through this. Because hope is the driver of the human heart that leads us into a better future. And hope must rise afresh and anew in our lives. Amen? Martin Luther King said, Violence never brings permanent peace. It solves no social problem. It merely creates new and more complicated ones. It seeks to humiliate rather than to win understanding. It seeks to annihilate rather than convert. It thrives on hatred rather than on love. The amazing thing is the civil rights movement under Martin Luther King never burned one building. You see, change can't happen. And it will happen. And it needs to happen in all of our lives. There is an undisclosed strategy that is in our midst. And it's curious because of the, the very document that we believe is important, the Declaration of Independence says this, we hold these truths to be self-evident. It should be self-evident to every one of us what's important. And that is that all men are created equal. We're created by God. In his image, we reflect the Godhead in our very lives. That we are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness. You see, if all men are created equal, then we also have to uphold this other dimension, and that is that you get to live life without fear, without danger, without threat. Whether you're black, white, Latino, Asian, it doesn't matter. You get to live life. You get to enjoy liberty. You get to pursue happiness wherever you go and whatever you do. But there is in our midst a rising socialism that if not checked will turn us in to a very, very different nation altogether. There are cultural targets that they have. They are the family. There is the strategy, and it's not hard to discover, of the dissolution of the traditional family, of the family where there's one man, one woman, and children. That's not to diminish those who are single parents. That's not to diminish those who don't have children is to say that that is a bedrock of what we have built and what we believe in as a nation. Whenever a, a woman loses her husband, she's called a widow in the Bible, and the Bible says the church is to help and respond to that widow. Whenever those are among us that are orphaned, we are to care, we are to love, we are to share with them. We have responsibility, and we take that responsibility. It has been a joy to begin this food distribution center here at Influence Church, and I think over the last two weeks we've distributed something around 10 to 12 tons worth of food. If you venture out on our loading dock out here, you'll see there's about 1,000 boxes out there 
Each with non-perishable food, enough to feed a family of four for four days. Do the math. We expect that in a couple of weeks, those will all be gone. And they will replenish. And we have a, an ice box out there, a 20-foot ice box. Wouldn't you like to have that at your home? And it's filled with fresh produce that we distribute on an ongoing basis. And I'll say to you, if you have need, we have food. Never, never think that, oh, I can't do that. Yes, you could. Trust me. When you get 10 tons of produce, you want somebody to eat some produce. Amen? So if you have a need or if it'll just take a, help you a little bit in your budget, please just right after the service, go out there and bring your car around. They'll load up your trunk for you. They'll take care of you. Amen? You see, we're living in a time of the politics of fear. Politics is always... I've been addicted to fear. In the 70s, it was the, the fear that the planet was running out of food. And everyone was alarmed, what are we going to do? And then in the 80s, it was nuclear war was the fear of politics. In the 90s, there was an ozone layer. No one could use a, an aerosol can anymore. I switched to band roll on myself. Then in the 20s, it was a climate apocalypse. Then we discovered that our dogs were creating the biggest problem. I'll let you figure that one out. Now in the 20s, we're living in pandemics and revolt. We're living in a time where lawlessness seems to be walking down Main Street unabated, while mayors are cutting or threatening to cut finances for the police force. I, somehow... Somebody needs to go back and take a logic class. To me, I don't, I don't understand that. You say, are all the cops good? No, they're not. You're not good either. You got your own problems. Hey, there's bad eggs in every industry, amen? I've eaten at a bad restaurant. I didn't quit eating because I found one bad restaurant. You talk, you talk to me like, like that, I'll, I'll keep preaching. <laughs> Proverbs 28 says this, when a country is in revolt, it has many rulers. Have you ever noticed how everyone seems to know what to do? But only with a person who has understanding and knowledge will it last a long time. You see, the Bible recognizes that unless the Lord build the city, the nation, the state, they who build it labor in vain. And without wisdom, without knowledge, without understanding, we cannot hope to have a successful world to live in, a happy world, a world that is free of struggle and disaster. A couple of years ago, I wrote this book, One Nation Without Law, Little did I know how prophetic it would be. I talked about lawlessness. It seemed to be a, a coming word in the vocabulary. When my literary agent contacted me, she said, do you have anything that's going to deal with this subject? And I said, lawlessness. And immediately it was, the book was picked up and became a, 
an Amazon bestseller. But guess what? It was just on the front step. Now lawlessness is all the way up to the top penthouse floor in our world. And we need to pray for peace and calm in our nation and be reminded that the battle is spiritual. The battle is spiritual. Listen to Ephesians chapter 6, verses 12 and 13. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Hey, the enemy of the world is not someone with a different philosophical or political viewpoint. You've got to remember there's something going on. You see, what if it's not about what you think it's about? What if, what if something's happening in our world that God has his eye on and God says, I'm going to work through this. If you will allow me, I'm going to take a people who might be a little sluggish in their spiritual life, but I'm going to wake them up. They're going to start to pray. They're going to start to teach. They're going to start to preach. They're going to start to love. They're going to start to reach out. They're going to be a people who are called by my name. They're going to humble themselves. They're going to pray, and I'm going to heal the land. Amen? But against principalities, we fight against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. Did you notice the definite article in front of the word evil? The evil day. A day where evil takes on character and begins to strike out against mankind. That you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand. God says, I just want you to stand. Don't run. Stand. Stand in the power of Almighty God. Amen? Last night I was working late and it was about midnight. And I came across a letter. I'm going to read just a little bit of it to you. I encourage you to read the whole letter. Um, I sent it to our media team. They said the whole letter, and I said, I'm going to edit it. Don't worry. So I reduced it down by a third. But this is from Archbishop uh, Vigano um, from Rome. And he says this. It's a letter to President Trump. He said, Mr. President, in recent months, we have been witnessing the formation of two opposing sides that I would call biblical the light, the children of light, and the children of darkness, who often hold strategic positions in government, in politics, in the economy, and in the media. Mr. President, these two opposing realities coexist as eternal enemies, just as God and Satan are eternal enemies, and it appears that the children of darkness, whom we may easily identify with the deep state, which you wisely oppose and which fiercely waging war against you in these days, have decided to show their cards, so to speak by now revealing their plans. They seem to be so certain of already having everything under control that they have laid aside that circumspection that until now has at least partially concealed their true intentions. We will also discover that the riots in these days were provoked by those who, seeing that the virus is inevitably fading, that the social alarm of the pandemic is waning, necessarily have had to provoke civil disturbances. It will not be surprising if in a few months we learn, once again, that hidden, uh, hidden behind these acts of vandalism and violence, there are those who hope to profit from the dissolution of the social order so as to build a world without freedom. 
The American people are mature and have now understood how much the mainstream media does not want to spread the truth, but seeks to silence and distort it, spreading the lie that it is useful for the purposes of their masters. It is important that the good wake up from their sluggishness. It is necessary that the good, the children of light, come together and make their voice heard. Before the, the power of prayer, the deceptions of the children of darkness will collapse, their plots will be revealed, their betrayal will be shown, their frightening power will end in nothing, brought to light and exposed for what it is, an infernal deception, united against the invisible enemy for all humanity. I really love that letter because it was about the gutsiest move I've ever seen someone in Catholic hierarchy make. I wish I would have written it. It's not diminish that we have a race problem. It only states that there's, there's an enemy that wants us to hate each other. I don't want to hate anybody, do you? We are called to love one another, amen? But you know there's a promise of clarity. When I was in, it's kind of joy in there, brother. I was in a seminary and I was playing basketball. I was much thinner then. I went over and I sat down by the guy that was in charge of cleaning up the gym, and he was an older gentleman, and he was reading the Bible, and I said, what are you reading? He said, I'm reading the book of Revelation. And I said, wow, do you understand? He said, every word. I sat down, I said, explain it to me. You know what he said? Made it really simple. We're going to win. The darkness will not have the last word. Revelation chapter 5 and verse 9 says, You have redeemed us by God, by your blood, out of every tribe. Did you hear that? And every tongue and every people and every nation. Can you give God the glory? You see, when you get to heaven, it's not going to be about your race. It's not going to be about your city of origin. It's going to be about one thing, the blood of the Lamb that cleanses us from all sin. God be the glory. Truth will be established once and for all. Psalm 89, verse 14 says, Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Mercy and truth go before your face. Zechariah 14.9 says, On that day, the Lord will become the king over the whole earth, and the Lord alone, and his name alone. You see, there's a coming king, amen? And he calls on us to call on him right now. Do you know him as your Savior? Do you know him as your Lord? Have you believed on the Lord Jesus Christ? Have you, have you trusted him with your, your whole heart? with your whole life. I want to encourage you to do that right now. Would you pray with me a prayer like this one? Dear Lord Jesus, whether you're watching in this local community, you're watching around the world, I want to ask you right where you sit, where you stand, would you pray this prayer? Dear Lord Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross for me. 
I believe that you were buried and rose from the dead to give me eternal life. By faith, I put my trust in you. I believe on you to save me from my sin, to take away a stony heart and give me a heart that is tender and loving and kind to all mankind. Write my name in the Lamb's book of life. Give me the promise of eternal salvation and security in Jesus' name. If that was your prayer, I want you to know that he saved you right now, regardless of where you are, regardless of what you've done, regardless of what you've thought in your lifetime. You see, the blood of Christ cleanses us from all, I love that word, all, all sin. Amen? All sin. Amen.